This is your preparation station, encouraging hosts and empowering topics to equip you along the journey. Preparedness grounded in truth. Now on with the show. Welcome to Surviving on Shoestrings with Donna Miller. Together we'll look outside the box to stretch what we have, make do, and get by with humor, style, and a smile. And now welcome your hostess, Donna Miller. Welcome to another episode of Surviving on Shoestrings. I'm Donna Miller, and I'm delighted that you're with me again today. We have um, kind of a different show today, although I am the lone monologuer. I want to give a little bit of advice to people who might be looking at the fact there's uh, a downturn in the economy. Maybe they've lost one of their incomes in their household. Um, the stay-at-home mom who's looking to maybe bring in a little extra money, or the entrepreneur who is hoping to leave a job or has no choice and has no more job and trying to make it from home when it comes to work. I will do a quick disclaimer and say I'm not a quote-unquote expert. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not someone who's bringing in, you know, a six-figure income. I am still (laughs) much like everybody else that's listening, and we're plugging away at something we feel like is very important, but hopefully to make an income at the same time. So I don't think anybody really wants just to work to work or just to work to see the numbers on the paycheck. Most of us want to have some meaning behind what we do and love what we do and get reimbursed for that. So I'm going to talk today about some do's and don'ts of working from home. This may not be pertinent to everybody. It may at some point be pertinent to a lot of people. You know, between the economy, between Ebola, (laughs) pandemic, whatever you want to call the next potential thing that might make people think staying home is a great idea. There's a mixed bag when it comes to working from home, and I'm going to talk about some of the do's and don'ts that you may not have run into before if you've not tried to work from home. When I say working from home, you can have an office. You can go to your little office. I don't mean to belittle that by saying little. I mean little meaning it's yours. It's not a big corporate thing. I still consider that a work from home thing because you're trying to do it on your own. So, Or your office may be somewhere in your house. And you literally are working from home. So this is a a twofold. I'm talking to people who are entrepreneurial or people who are looking for work from home type opportunities. So these are great things to consider if you're trying to bring in a little bit of extra income. But there's some pitfalls and some great things to think about to make sure you do so that you can make it a success and not make it um, feel like you're working 24-7 just because it's out of your house or out of your own office. So without further ado, I'm going to jump into some of the do's. Further ado, jump into the do. Too many do-do's. I'm sorry, my brain works weird when I'm all by myself. (laughs) If you were sitting here with me, we'd be having a good time. Some of the do's when it comes to working from home, whether or not you're working for someone else from home or you're working for yourself as an entrepreneur trying to get a business off the ground or maintain the business that you've started, there are some definite things you should do, and I've learned some of these the hard way. And I still struggle with a few of them because I tend to be a little bit more of a free spirit, in case you didn't know that. So I'm going to, I'm not speaking from absolute 
perfection. I don't think there's anybody that can completely do that, but I am speaking from absolute experience. So the first and foremost thing that is really paramount if you're going to work from home or work for yourself is to set a schedule. I know a lot of people don't like that. I have a youngest child who is more free-spirited than I am, and we had to refrain from talking schedules and talk routine. Uh, blocks of similar things that happen sequentially. The word schedule seemed very inhibitive to her. She's an artist and, you know, creative. So it's a little bit more difficult to explain schedule because the creative process for her is more important than the time of day. Now I will explain this one thing. You and I have kind of flows in the day. You know when your time of day is better and when your time of day is more of a struggle. I'll give you an example. I'm far more creative and far more organized and far more focused anytime before one o'clock in the afternoon. I'm up by about 4.30 every morning and I'm, I am like wake up ready to roll. But by about two o'clock in the afternoon, my brains turn to la 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 la, and I want to do something that's kind of menial and mindless, you know, um, load the dishwasher, fold the clothes, do something that clicks my head off for a few hours. And then I'm kind of back to a little bit more focused later in the evening, four or five, six o'clock. Um, but unfortunately, it's also when everybody wants to start winding down, which kind of good because then I can focus on my family. But I say this to say, find out your flow. Find out if you're working for yourself, find out your flow. Find out your your better times, your more alert times, your more creative times, when it seems that you can write better, when it seems that you can make phone calls better, when it seems that you can task through a list of to-dos better, and set your schedule that way. It is important to set a schedule, otherwise something else is going to set it for you, or someone else is going to set it for you because it's going to come in and become a fire you need to put out. Okay, so that's one. Set a schedule. Two, if you are working from home and you're not driving to an office separate from the home, set aside specific space. Even if you're in an apartment, you can put up a, a curtain, a petition, a plant, something that designates your workspace from a different area than, say, the dining room table or the breakfast bar or the den. Even if it's in these areas, by designating a specific workspace, it allows you to click off and say, I am done with work at this point and now I'm on to the rest of my normal life or vice versa. Those dishes are not encroaching on my space here to work because it's separate. Do whatever you have to do to kind of fake yourself out. I will advise, if at all possible, not putting your workspace in your bedroom, if at all possible, because that is where you want to rest. That's where you want to unwind. That's where you want to not have work invade your brain at 2 a.m. So if at all possible, find another place, a basement, a closet, been there, done that, a corner, a nook, and just kind of quarantine it off, and that's where all your work goes. I don't care if it's, honestly, I don't care if it's messy. I don't care if it's thrown in there. And if you have the way to shut it and say, done for now, that's even better. So that's number two. Number three on the do list is block plan. 
block plan your days, block plan specific days to do specific things, and then maybe not do them again for another day or two or three or week. Such as, if you're promoting things on Facebook, and we'll get to why this is a, a, an example in a minute. If you're promoting things on Facebook, sit down on one day and put a lot of your posts out and schedule them. If this will keep your Facebook page active, but better than that, it keeps you from going on to Facebook constantly, and we'll get into those in the don'ts latter half of the show. Uh, block plan certain times of day, this goes back to the schedule, to make phone calls or call back people. Block plan certain times of the day to write. Block plan certain times of the day to create if you are making tangible objects. If you'll block plan these out, and it goes with the schedule, and it also goes with the space, you'll be able to attend to these a lot better. No one has diagnosed me, but I can guarantee had I had a diagnosis when I was younger, I would probably have had ADHD. Can't sit still very long, constantly have 14 different things going on in my head. So I have to actually force myself to focus. Plenty of things inundate that that focus, yes, that do, but if I will block plan, if I will set a schedule or routine or flow, if I will kind of set it with some flexibility and do it in a space that's not being inundated with other things, I do tend to get a lot more done and I can let it go at the end of the day. That kind of leaks into some of the don'ts as well. We'll talk about that again in a minute. So block plan things out. That will help you a lot if you're working from home. Again, that's if you're working for yourself, you're working an opportunity, or you're working for someone else at home because there are a lot of great opportunities that way as well. Make sure you set yourself some goals. Now, these goals don't have to be financial, but sometimes that's helpful, especially if you're getting paid by the hour or specific number of things need to sell or, or, or those are financial is good. But another goal is, um, I want to work X number of hours on a project. I want to be able to, um, go on a vacation and not be worried that I'm going in debt and leaving some other bills unpaid. I want to pay off some bills, put these goals down and put them up so that You can see them on a regular basis. If you have to put pictures with them, if you're a little more visual, go for it. And that will help you drive yourself to why you're doing this, whether it's because you were forced to and had no job, or if it's an extra thing and you're able to motivate yourself to help your family get out of hock or help your family buy a new car or whatever it is. Um, Or if it's just, you know, I, I just need a little cushion to save back for retirement whatever. Put these things in goal form, put them up in a visual area, put them up so that it reminds you why you're doing this. And that will help you to focus. That will help you to set your, your schedule. That'll help you to block out your time. It'll help you because you're in a workspace that it'll, it'll be right there in front of you. Hopefully not so familiar that you ignore it. If you have to move it once a month, put it on the calendar so that you have to tangibly move your goals every month and see how you're doing. Okay, these two sound similar, but they're not. You want to, you do want to streamline and you do want to prioritize when it comes to your work tasks. Again, whether this is someone else giving you the tasks or if this is you having to come up with them because you're an entrepreneur, you want to streamline to where you don't have so many steps to get something accomplished and you want to prioritize. 
I have a tendency to put things in priority of A, B, and C. A, I need to knock out before lunch. B, I need to get to after lunch. And C, meh, if it goes on to tomorrow, it's okay. So I'm a highlighter, I'm a, I'm a letter checklist maker, and so I will prioritize them. Streamlining and prioritizing go together because you don't want, you, things do need to build on top of another for forward motion, but you don't want to do so many multiple steps that you're kind of working around in circles, and so you never reach the completion of those top priority items. Okay, and this helps you with time management. Set times when you make your priority list. Approximate times about how long it should take you. Um, and this will help you to keep on track. It'll help you to kind of get a, an idea of what your day is going to be like, how long it's going to take. And sometimes they don't work out, but at least it gives you an idea. It's almost like writing a, a budget down for your grocery shopping. You know a can of beans costs this, a, a, a roast should cost this when it's on sale. Similarly, when you're working from home, how much time should this take you? Um, and then set timers. If you tend to be like me, which I get really focused once I get there, and then I have this, <laughs> I have closure issues, I really want to get the thing done. Sometimes it doesn't happen that way. If you sat through working on something, um, even if it's physical and you're tangibly making things, or even in the garden, whatever way you want to look at it, if you go past the point, you end up almost burnt out and can't continue. So set yourself a timer, like every 30, 45 minutes, to kind of walk away from a project, take a deep breath, not get too involved in something else, something short enough that you look out the window, change your vision, change your your body movements, get up and move a little bit. You'll find that it sparks back in to the task you need to finish, and you'll be much more effective at it. All right. Here's one last thing, and this is specifically to people who want to work for someone else at home. There are a lot of great opportunities out there, whether it's commission ad sales, um, transcripting, all kinds of different options that you can do. Even if you feel like you don't have a quote-unquote talent for sale, a lot of people do, but if you feel like, I just need to do something for extra income, before you start to work for someone else from home, Get it in writing. Your job description, your pay, pay schedule, how they expect things to be turned in, their prioritizing of things. Make sure that you get it in writing and that you feel fully trained before you commit to the job. I'm just trying to save you a headache. That's pretty much all I'm doing. So that one is a do, a definite do if you're working for someone else. Okay first half of the show is over and I tried to be really positive. These are things to do. Yep. Proactive. Do them. This will help kind of set the tone. Sadly, we are creatures of bad habits. I, for one, am terrible at so many things that I keep doing and I want to be really vulnerable and tell you some of the things to, hey, don't do what I've done. Here's some things I've found out in the second half of the show not to do. If you work for yourself or work from home, we'll be back in just a second. 
Do you have your free digital subscription to Prepare Magazine yet? If not, then hurry over to preparemag.com and start getting each monthly issue sent directly to your inbox. It's easy. All you have to do is go to preparemag.com, enter your name and email address, and you're subscribed. Consider signing up for the premium membership for past issues and exclusive resources. You can even subscribe to the beautiful print version of Prepare Magazine. Visit preparemag.com and choose the option that's most valuable to you. Prepare Magazine, encouraging, empowering, and enriching your journey. Are you looking to have ducks, geese, chickens? Boy, do we have something to share with you. Stop by ranch-coop.com. These folks build some of the most beautiful handcrafted coops for small areas as well as the farm. They are so easy to put together. It took us less than an hour and they're shipped right to your door. Stop by ranch-coop.com. Wonderful people to deal with. Beautiful coops that you can use for backyard and homestead fowl. Ranch-coop.com. Here's how you can save $10 on the mill of your choice. Go to millersgrainhouse.com forward slash store and use the promo code radio at checkout. That's R-A-D-I-O at checkout. Or you can call 828-536-4988 during weekday business hours and get the same savings by phone. Either way, your order is shipped to your door without shipping charges. Remember, you can go to millersgrainhouse.com forward slash store or call 828-536-4988 and use the promo code RADIO. This is your preparation station. Now on with the show. I'm a, a studier of human nature. I see other people's, I see my own. I'm sometimes amazed and enthralled and sometimes I'm in awe at the stupidity. So it's, and I mean my own, please, no, I do some stupid stuff. So I'm not saying this like I'm a know-it-all because I definitely am not. I am saying it like a transparent human who works for herself. Uh, we own our own businesses and that's kind of one of the things I'm going to get to. And, and we have um, an entrepreneurial family. So we can't, we can't help ourselves. We can't not start a business. We can't not start something else. We just, it's in our nature. All three of our children are very entrepreneurial. My husband, and I believe the last 30 years of being married to him, I've caught the bug. So, although I'm terrible at a lot of things, I have to rely on other people. I've come up with a list of things not to do, and I want to share them with you. And guess how I came up with them? I've done them, or I'm battling them currently. So let me explain. There are some things you don't want to do when you work from home. And number one in my book, and it's the one I have the hardest time with, but it's true, you don't want to spread yourself too thin. Because you might have the extra time, the free time, or the flexibility of making your own schedule, you want to be very careful not to put too many things on your plate. I know some beautiful people, some wonderful people that are in the same industry that I am, whether it be radio or preparedness or whatever, and they suffer from this same thing. And I know many times they have to do what I do, which is kind of pull back, unplug, reset, you know, and it'd be great if we didn't get to that point first, but you know, we do. And every so often, make sure that you pull yourself back and, and reassess that you have not spread yourself too thin. It's going to seem funny as I go through this don't list. I'm going to give you things to do, but it is really a don't list. Don't spread yourself too thin. Don't 
give in to the temptation to compare what you do with what others do in your field. I'll give you an example. Within any given 10 minutes on the internet, I can see people either repeating, quoting themselves, writing blogs, giving recipes that I was doing seven years ago. (laughs) Now, I realize that a lot of the info out on the internet, especially, circulates around. Now, whether I was the first to ever come up with it, I don't know. I know I never saw anybody else do it. I came up with certain phrases, certain recipes, certain things, and I was just, you know, hey, I'm sharing. But the truth is, things do circulate around. For every recipe, you're going to find 75 of them almost identical. For every, ooh, great new idea, you probably will find a good dozen that thought of it before. So, don't compare yourself. Don't go, uh, you know, I can't put this out because it was just out. No, just do what is laid on your heart to do. But this is if you're working for yourself and you're working primarily on the internet. Do what's laid on your heart to do. Also, if you're working an opportunity or you're working from home and you think, well, everybody is doing this, not necessarily. You have your own voice. You have your own thing. You have the own your own flavor you can add to another work environment remotely, you know, from working from home. And so you're of value. So be very careful that you don't compare yourself to others, even in your same field, in your same company you might be working for. Just do what you're best at and best growing into. That's kind of psychological more than it is a a tangible don't comment, but don't compare yourself. It doesn't do any good. If you have to remove yourself from certain things so that you don't, then do so. That goes back into spreading yourself too thin. Don't. This is my worst one. Oh my gosh. Don't get sidetracked by the creative process. Yeah. I guess I have enough of what my daughter has in me, or she has enough of me in her, that the creative process is 90% of the joy. So if you are creating a project for another company, or if you are creating a project for yourself, or you are putting things together for a promotion, be very conscious of the time you're spending in this. Because although it does translate later into potentially an income source. Be very careful. The creative process has not taken up far more hours than it will turn out once it kind of is out there. If you're getting paid by the hour or paid by the project, just be very careful that you kind of rein the creative process in because we, people who are creative in whether it's in ideas or concepts or tangible or art or music or poetry or writing, people who are creative can always tweak and critique their own work for hours. You know you can do it. I can. It always needs to look just a little bit better. Resist that urge. Um, Boy, I'm preaching to myself because just before I did this, I started something that I realized had I kept going into it, I could have still been doing whatever that thing was for another two hours. So I'm preaching to myself. I cut it off. I realized I needed to get a show done and ready for you. So I'll have to go back to that when I'm a little less obsessive. (laughs) Whenever that's going to be. I don't know. Maybe a decade. 
no, seriously, I think I think you just need to be very conscientious not to get so over-involved in the creative process that that actually takes up more hours than something that is productive. Even though that's productive, it can be counterproductive if it takes far too long. All right, my next, I've done three of them. They sound like I've done a lot more, but my next one is be very careful not to start your day with social media. How's that? That's pretty blunt. There have been myriads of studies of how social media is actually kind of like that black hole, that swirling vortex of time sucking. That's why I go back to the do of putting things in block, block out time to focus on social media. Rather than start your day with it, you will go down a rabbit hole and maybe not come out for hours and not realize it. And before you know it, that frustrates you. You got your shoulders up to your ears and you're all tense because you didn't get anything done. You thought you were going to get it done on social media, but it it's an ADD person's nightmare. If you have even the remotest level of creativity or attention struggles, social media is not your friend first thing in the morning. So put that in its proper place. Put it in a block. Put it in a, a an area that you can set a timer, deal with it, and walk away. You know, when your hours are over, if you want to sit down and and browse through social media as a leisurely thing, then that's fine. But it's not a productive business activity. It's not a productive work-from-home activity. It's a time waster. It's the black hole vacuum. And also studies have shown people who spend more time on social media are far more depressed. Why? They're comparing themselves. Yep. Anybody can say anything they want on social media and sound like their life is perfect. Sound like they know more. Sound like they're more successful. Sound like they're doing better. And it tends to make us devalue our own self-worth. So it's a, it's a spiral. Use it as a tool. It's a fantastic tool, but definitely don't start your day with it. Okay. Just a couple more. Three. Actually, three more don'ts. And with every don't, I'm giving you a do. So yeah. (laughs) this is going to sound a little obnoxious, but I want you to just put it in there and kind of hold it where it needs to be. Don't overdo the promotion of others. Now this sounds kind of weird. There's a great thing about um, networking and connecting and, you know, finding wonderful people to work with, whether you're um, working your own business opportunity at home, you're working from home for another company or you're working for yourself as your own business, it is important to link arms and and connect with people and share the load. But be very careful that your time has not turned into simply promoting another person's media or another person's job description or another person's title. I'm not saying don't be a servant. I definitely think you should be a servant. Uh, I think you just need to be very careful where you're trading your time for someone else's potential dollars. You are trading time for dollars when you work from home. You are trading your valuable time in hopes of bringing in a second or substantially better income or the primary income. So be very careful who it is. I'm not saying there are users. I'm not trying to be paranoid. I'm not saying don't just, you know, my next one is in here. It's kind of the antithesis of that. But just weigh it carefully on how much time you are promoting someone else or is everything that you're doing going to someone else's ability to build renown 
yes, if you're working for someone and they're giving you a paycheck for tasks handled, it's pretty cut and dry. But it kind of gets blended and confusing when you are out there trying to get your name out to build your own business and you connect with someone else. Just be very cautious that that you are getting a good trade-off, not necessarily equal. You can definitely still be a servant and help the other person build their brand and still help your own business as well. But you do need to be careful that there is a good trade-off. And it is at least a 40% on your side, 60% on their side. You need to at least have some type of recompense for your time and what they are taking to use in their brand. Okay, be sure you don't mole yourself away. And by mole yourself away, you probably know what a mole is that digs under the ground and hides there. Make sure that just because you decide to work from home or work for yourself, that you're not withdrawing from societal community and you're living only on a virtual society. Take time to go to lunch with a friend. Take time to actually meet with local people who do what you do, whether it's just entrepreneur, work from home, or if it's all transcription-based. You know, find other people to continue to connect with. Not necessarily even in your line of work. It can just be social. Because that interaction is vital to your ability to keep going. If you continue to work just at home, stay at home, month after month, <laughs> week after week even, you are going to inundate your entire family far too much and you just need a little bit of input from other people, whether that's church or friends or people who do what you do and work, is irrelevant. Just make sure you don't mull away just because you work from home or work for yourself. All right, last but not least, this one is probably the most vital. Be very careful that you're not trading your time for dollars, or worse, trading your time and not getting any dollars, and taking it away from more meaningful things. This is a really big trap when you work for yourself or you work from home, because there is the sense of working to you till you see an income or working until you see some movement or working until uh, business grows. But be very careful not to trade the time that you have, which is finite and precious for dollars or worse, lack of dollars and taking it away from things that mean more like your family or your spiritual growth or your peace of mind or tending to your home if you if that's your primary role or coaching your kids in sports, or connecting with aging parents, or, 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 that you can hear all the things, hopefully, that are a lot more meaningful than a paycheck, that have a long-term generational impact. Your paycheck doesn't. Sorry. Well, I guess it could, if you leave it all to your next in line. But the fact is, paychecks are paychecks. And you can get one this week and not one next week, but you really only have finite time with loved ones. Be very careful. You're not trading your time, trying to to promote what you're doing. First off, for no pay and no recompense in, in the time spent. And secondly, if it takes precedence over the much more meaningful and far more important. So that's why it's really important to pay attention to some of the do's. Don't do some of the don'ts. And you can balance this. Now, remember, if you've got a workspace set aside, at the end of the day, walk away from it 
cut it off, ignore it, don't check the smartphone emails, and spend focused time with just the people that mean something to you. This is Donna Miller signing off, hoping that I have encouraged you that you can do this. You can work your own business. You can work from home. You can add some income to your family. You can work for someone else remotely and help bolster the income, but do not do it at the cost of other things. God bless. Look forward to talking with you again soon. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Surviving on Shoestrings with hostess Donna Miller. Tune in each week for a new show that will help you enjoy frugal survival with humor, style, and a smile. Tune in again soon. This is your preparation station. Speaking hope, not hype, and facts, not fear. Preparedness grounded in truth.